It's either that or get addicted to math. It's the like, we will rebuild people. Uh, Javier, don't limit them to just one or the other. <laughs> they get high on meth and do all of those they things. Do all- <laughs> <laughs> They're good at multitasking. Welcome back to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Mastin Heiner. Better Red Than Dead. And Javier Ortiz. What's up, nerds? We also have a returning special guest host, Casey Ridge. It's me again. (laughs) Also, I'm pretty sure you called him Mastin. Sorry about the swears again, yeah. It's okay. It it was closer than Ian Ian Johnson. Ian Johnson? (laughs) Fair enough. Mastin Heiner. Mastin Heiner. All right. So today we're going to be discussing the quarantine phenomenon, the Tiger King, murder, mayhem, and madness. So we're kind of trying to keep a little bit of a format, but we're just kind of free form, talk about this crazy show and everything that's involved. So let's uh, start real quick, guys. Let's just get everybody's initial, like overall opinion about the show. Like keep it brief. Just what did you think? We'll start with our guest host, Casey. Um, It was really hard to watch. It was really disturbing in so many ways. And it's like the worst of human nature, all wrapped up and born in Florida. Javier. It was an amazing show and I will probably watch it again. I love how simple that was. Madsen. I couldn't take my eyes off it. I think episodes one through five just purely captivated me and I was glued to my television. Six and seven kind of tailed off for me. I wasn't feeling the thunder as much, but man, the first couple episodes like just craziness after craziness it was like i thought it was just going to be about big cats but it was so much more yeah they kind of take a back seat actually for me it was raw entertainment of the worst kind like i couldn't take my eyes off either like the first episode i was like what the hell are we doing and then it just got worse and worse and worse and then i had to know like the fate of all these characters and it's, so that's what got me hanging around. It's like seeing a decapitated head roll down the freeway <laughs> and you have to watch it to see where it goes. That's a really specific example. Mm. Is there a story attached to that? I was thinking or? the same thing. A girl can dream, can't she? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just as morbid as the show. So it works out. All right. So let's kind of jump in. We'll start with like the first couple episodes there more introductory to the three major players of this deal so let's talk about joe doc carol who they are how they lived and how their missions what are some of your guys' thoughts i'll just open it up well i'll say something first this is matt's in here i remember i watched a couple clips when i was watching this and it was interesting to see joe exotic before this they were filming this documentary i could tell way back when i'm not sure how many years ago it was but he really did care for the big cats you could see he actually i think was trying to get legislation passed to help them get like sent back to africa or work with the no breeding laws um, i think they show that a little bit in the documentary towards the end but then he just gets so twisted in the fame the the the, the tv show that he wanted to produce and then his just hatred of carol and that's what i really take away from joe just numerous clips of him shooting like a carol doll to like blowing up like a carol doll in a tree and like just he's saying like i'd kill that bitch i'd I'd do all this stuff and that's where i i keep thinking of joe he's just crazy and he had no filter and you never knew what you were going to get with him and he started out loving these cats but then it was almost just this hatred against carol that got caught up with what he was doing with his big cats 
One thing that I was a little confused about is what Carol's goal was. Was it to like stop Joe from breeding tigers? Was that her main problem? Because no, that's it wasn't. So if you listen to what Carol's saying, what Carol wants and the legislation she wants passed basically makes it illegal to have all of these smaller zoos. And then it would let her stay open as a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So really... It's this selfish move to say, you no longer get to go to XYZ, you all have to come to me. And it's like this, I don't know, mission of self-importance to make herself higher and higher and higher on the food chain. That bitch. Oh, yeah. She's a raging bitch. Yeah. So like while I was watching this, her sanctuary did not look better than Joe Exotic's zoo. As far as like quality of life and like space and the cleanliness of it. So I thought that was really interesting that the sanctuary, which in my head, like sanctuaries are always better than like private zoos, but seeing the the footage of it, I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I, that's, I don't know. It didn't look better. She had basically, in my opinion, like slave labor in the sense where she had tiered t-shirts of- I loved that. How long the volunteers had been there and how expert they were. So she didn't have to pay them. And they were all like, I love you, Carol. Like, you're the best. I love what we're doing. And she, you know, in the back, she's just counting her money, counting her social media likes. And she's like, you're all just suckers. And I'm making money off this. Who the fuck has time for that? Like, get a fucking job. That's what I was thinking. Who does have <laughs> time for that? You're just going to go and, and be there every fucking day? No wonder unemployment's so fucking high. Sorry for the swears. <laughs> that was passionate right there. Dude, those are straight up cults, though. Like, all three of them for their own little cults in their own little way. And it was freaky. And is that what you guys do in Oklahoma? Because... That place is messed up. Yeah, for me, here's the crazy part is the way that they played these first three episodes, they kind of introduce you to Joe and like I think kind of what Matson was hitting at, they lead into a lot of he cares about the cats and kind of to stray from the format, all of the, this whole series is kind of like the meltdown of Joe, right? You see him start, he seems weird, but innocent enough in that he wants to take care of the cats and be able to show this off. And then you can watch him progressively get crazier and crazier until the point that he's just a complete basket case with, there's no redeeming value to him at the end. But then the same thing happens with Doc. So the first episode, he seems like a little mentor to Joe, right? So he's not doesn't seem diabolical at all. He just seems like somebody that's taking Joe under his wing. But then you move into see episode two, where it's mostly about Doc, and you're like, this guy's batshit. He might be worse than Joe in that he's literally running a cult with multiple wives and the next in line working for him. I mean, it's just crazy. And then Carol to me, and I told Casey this multiple times, Carol to me at first was the absolute worst human being on the planet from the start. Because I love the very first thing she says, these cats should never be in a cage. And then it cuts to a lion in her place in a cage. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. And it looked worse than any cage that Joe had. So for her, it's just about she wants to be the only one. And the only difference between her zoo and the others is she doesn't let people touch the cats. That's the only difference. And she doesn't have babies. Well, and I think it's interesting to point out when the when the producers went to Carol to say, we want to do this series, it was based on they wanted to do like another Blackfish. Well, I mean, that's what her husband claims, right? No, that's what the producer said. 
the people who put this thing together came up and said, we initially were thinking about doing this to talk about the exploitation of cats and to, to show what that looks like and what it does when you have these big cats in captivity. So it, as they were going through the filming, all of this other crazy shit started happening. And how do you not just make good TV at that point? I mean, that outweighs as you start to look at we need to get people watching the crazy motherfuckers on the show kind of dictated how this was all going to play out. Yeah, it was an interesting to hear when Casey was telling me that this morning. I was like, what? They actually wanted to do good things for the cats because I'm a huge. I don't know if I've told you guys this. I, tiger is like my favorite animal. So there was a part of me watching this show that was just in awe because I get to see all these tigers. But at the same time, I was literally disgusted by how all these different tigers that were in these cages and literally just being used for profit. Did you, that's all it was. Did you get upset yeah. when you found out that they were feeding them Walmart uh, oh. expired meat? Jeez. <laughs> a little bit, other than obviously their, their anatomy is a little different. So for them, I mean, their meat sits for tigers. I don't know. They, they'll catch something and then they'll hide it and they'll sit on it for days and eat it for days at a time. So for them, Rotten meat isn't a big deal, so I don't. It didn't bother me in that the meat was expired, but it bothered me that I mean, that's again, these are big cats. They're supposed to be out hunting. They're supposed to be taking down gazelle and shit. These are badass animals, and we're putting them in a cage and feeding them fucking hamburger. Would you be more okay if they just released a gazelle in in like their little little play pens and just you just had like twelve tigers just tearing apart this gazelle? No, because I would be. That'd be there, dope. So, for example, there's a zoo in Ohio. The Columbus Zoo is known for the fact that it's probably one of the best zoos in the world. Well, and to clarify, it's like um, nationally recognized or internationally recognized? Internationally. Yeah. Yeah. So they have this whole part in the back of the zoo where you can't go. And it, the animals are out there like they're in the fucking Amazon. Like and it's hundreds of acres, Hundreds right? and hundreds of acres. So you've got tigers out there with gazelles and things like There's a natural progression that they just kind of let it be like the wild a little bit. But it's as close to a natural habitat as you can probably get within an enclosed space. So for me, yes, there. I think there's ways to do this for these cats that isn't stupid and predatory. Well, and... How disgusted was everybody seeing in the middle of the summer in Florida in episode one, some motherfucker dumbass has a snow leopard in his van. Oh, that was Shut in, no windows open. It is disgusting. And I am not a fan of zoos. I don't like zoos. I don't agree with them. I think all of these animals should be allowed to be in the wild and they should be in protected areas where we cannot take over their land. To that point, you guys remember it was at the it was episode seven. It was when they it was footage of Joe. Probably I don't know when it was, but he was talking about those two apes that were in separate cages, and then he so sad and he sold them to I'm not sure which zoo, but then they showed the footage of them hugging, and then you could see. I mean, Joe he, he got emotional, and he basically said, "Did I deprive them?" of that friendship for 10 years. And I, I really felt that he felt remorse in some of those actions. And maybe he realized, Hey, like what we're doing here isn't right. But I mean, you saw how he lost sight of those things when he wanted to have the fame. Yeah. The first thing that the two apes do is hug each other when they get into their habitat. Yeah. It was heartbreaking. And that's the kind of thing that the underlying tone of this whole thing was like, really, this is disgusting. 
it's entertaining as shit. One, but it's disgusting. A question I wanted to ask you guys then, with with the way the documentary went and what it talked about and what it portrayed, do you think this this helps the the big cat movement or animal rights in any way, or is this more to the general public just kind of a shock and awe documentary? I want to know your guys' thoughts. I mean, I kind of look at it and say, I I've never liked zoos, but this painted at a whole separate picture of privately owned areas, people with animals, how they're treated. And I don't know if it was in episode one or two when they brought out the Walmart meat or they brought out the cows that they cut. And then you saw them drag these cows or the cow pieces into the the what? the enclosure and you saw like 17 cats all crawling on each other and scratching at each other to try to beat out for this piece of meat. It absolutely raised awareness. And I think that tone is in throughout the entire series to say, look at all the shit that's happening. It's not okay. And I think it speaks to the producers initially wanted to do that. But you get caught up in these characters. And I think we as the public look at it and go, these people are fucking nuts. And we forget about the cats, but I left think like absolutely disgusted about how these cats are being treated. I did find the fact that there are more cats in captivity than out in the wild a little disturbing. <laughs> and that's just the United States. And that's just in the U.S., yeah. That's not even any other country where it's easier to get these cats. Yeah, the, the idea, and it was kind of not exactly proven in the documentary, but the idea that there might be people out there breeding tigers and then keeping them alive for, you know, two months, two and a half months until they get too big and then killing them. That is so disappointing. Cause like, I feel like we have that issue with, you know, cats and dogs as well. And, and it, it just seems to get worse for me knowing that it's an endangered species that's being exploited like that. Uh, not that it's better with dogs or cats, but like, that whole concept, that whole idea, or that question that's being raised is like how these animals are being treated and how often and by how many people is it's really nerve wracking. It's like really disappointing. Well, you heard about Doc Antle and how he was allegedly accused of gas chambering like tiger cubs once they went past their, their lifespan of being useful. Dude, that that whew. that's messed up, right? Oh, it enraged me. Because I don't put anything past any of these people. Yeah, because they're monsters. Absolutely. So it, it would not surprise me. I, I think I've told Casey a couple of times, I guarantee somewhere on that land or there's a bunch of tigers that got a good meal from Carol. And Doc, I guarantee that man is killing those cats. That's all he cares about is making money and getting wives and followers, these people to do things for him for free. And I don't know that Joe would have done that, but there there was proof that he put some of these cats down. And there's a much more humane way of doing that for animals than shooting them in the head. Well, and if you want to talk about an absolute waste of life, whether it, like just animal life, right? Let's talk about that for a second. Look at what happened in Zanesville, Ohio, right? And JJ and I actually lived in Zanesville, or sorry, lived in Ohio, not far from Zanesville when the guy who privately owned those cats and oh, the monkeys right. and the cougars, we lived there when he let them out. Oh, dude. So he let them free 
And you heard on the news and all on the freeways, it's like if you see a bear, if you see a jaguar, a lion, whatever, you need to call the cops. And then I never saw the pictures at that time until I watched this show. And you see these cops come in and they they killed, what, 14 big cats. And you see the pictures of all of these cats just lying dead. And what a waste because some guy goes crazy and wants to kill everybody and just lets his cats loose. And then it's, what do you do? As much as I hated that guy for doing that, I also think that speaks volumes about the police force and how they react to situations. So I actually said that very thing to Casey this morning when she brought it up. We were talking about the fact that we live so close because I think it was only like 15, 20 minutes away from where we lived at the time. And seeing again i was the same way i didn't see all the bodies or the pictures and things like that i just remember hearing that they were killing these cats and and the all the animals the bear all that stuff so i was really concerned and mortified by this and then i was telling casey this morning i was like we have trank darts we have things that they could do and i realized there were some that were on the freeway that's endangering to human beings by all means i understand that some situations where it was necessary but to kill almost every animal in that zoo I, I remember Zanesville, look, it's not a huge city. It's not a giant town. It's a suburb of Columbus. It wouldn't have been out of the question to be able to trank some of these, bring in a professional, but it all comes back down to money. It's the same thing with Doc and Joe and Carol. When they talk about putting these cats down by shooting them in the head, it's literally because it's money. It costs thousands and tens of thousands of dollars to have a vet come in and euthanize a big cat or most zoo animals. And instead of doing that, it costs the price of a $4 bullet. Well, so, and don't you have to wonder what happens when they get sick, right? You talk about the, I mean, Joe Exotic had cats that were buried that they found their remains. So if you're struggling, and at one point in this documentary, he was struggling to feed his cats, they didn't have food. What happens if they get sick um, and you can't afford the tens of thousands to bring in a specialized vet? So you shoot them in the head, you bury them, and, you know, here's the world we live in. Does that also call into question like how these tigers are getting sick? Like we, they never dove into that, but like what was going on? To, were they old tigers? Did they eat something bad? Like what happened? Not sure. I'm sure question. a little bit of both, but yeah, great question. I have another question for the three of you. I'm curious as we kind of start off talking about Carol and Doc and Joe, who, who and why would you rank the worst, second worst, and so on and so forth? I'm curious to see who's at the, the head of your chopping block for the worst person from this documentary. Or if you want to include Jeff Lowe or James or someone else in there. I think Jeff Lowe is the fucking worst. I mean, I would rank him worst number one. Um, Carol's number two. Doc is number three. And Joe Exotic coming in at number four. So why Jeff? he's a leech, right? I mean, once you're introduced to him, he's manipulative. He uses these cats to, I mean, you take baby cats to Vegas so that you can get people coming in. Him and his wife are just using it to have threesomes and to, for their <laughs> sexual needs. Not that they're having sex with cats. Let's be honest. <laughs> that is not what was introduced here. But still, like you're putting these cats on display to be able to show that you're this big, bad person. And then he manipulates manipulates his way into Joe Exotic's life, takes over the zoo, 
in gets these other people in and i am 100% convinced that jeff when he met carol cuz they had a conversation they came up and they came up with this plan that got joe in jail agreed oh yeah absolutely i agree with that i don't know if jeff is the worst though because like I feel very little sympathy for Joe Exotic being taken advantage of, considering how he took advantage of his mom and like other people. I basically bankrupted his parents. So if he got like conned out of his zoo, I don't feel bad for that. But Joe is definitely, I mean, Jeff is definitely a huge dick. Well, and I think that speaks to Joe's, I don't think Joe's IQ is super duper high, right? Because if you're a a highly intelligent human being, you're going to know and you're not going to put at risk your livelihood for some guy because you're trying to avoid taxes or the government finding you or whatever it is, right? So I don't think he's super smart, but at the same time, like, really, Jeff? I, I mean, I think I'd have to put Jeff at the top of the food chain, but I, I resonate more with Javier in the sense that, I mean, Joe dug a lot of his, his own promise. He dug his own hole in the reason Jeff had to arrive because he got into such a big feud with Carol where if he kind of just sucked in his pride a little bit, I think he could have dodged a lot of the allegations that came his way from that lawsuit potentially, um, or at least some of it to where it didn't have to get so big. And then maybe Jeff wouldn't have to have swooped in and as he called it uh saved him uh in that sense and then jeff was able to then sink his claws into it but jeff definitely i mean we will talk about uh, probably more so that later but i mean i think he set joe up but like javier said i don't think joe didn't deserve those things but he definitely got screwed yeah if i'm if i'm putting a list together of worst of the worst i I look at it a little differently. Like I don't look at who's the worst person. I look at what problems do they have. So I was telling Casey the other day, I think Jeff is 100% a sociopath. Doesn't care about what happens to anybody. In my opinion, watching him, you could instantly see that this man feels very little, if any, emotion. So to me, he's a complete sociopath. Well, and everything and everybody is just a way for him to get what he wants. Yeah, absolutely. Carol and doc and joe so carol and doc more so than joe i think are complete psychopaths these are people that are just psychotic they see the world differently carol has no issue because i have and we'll talk more about this in a minute but i have no issue saying that carol killed her husband doc is all about himself and manipulating people and he's a psychotic not necessarily a human murderer but i'm willing to guarantee he kills these cats to make more money to save himself money. And then on top of that, he just controls everyone around him. Joe's a little psycho, but to me, Joe's psychosis comes from what Casey was talking about. I just think this is a very dull human being when it comes to their mental capacity. You don't do the things that this man does and have a full plate upstairs. So he's missing a few pieces and he's just not very intelligent. I think he's street smart in a lot of ways because he did a lot of crazy things, especially at the beginning. He was running a a successful business, making a ton of money. But then you let, like Mattson was saying, you let yourself get caught up in this feud with Carol over really nothing. I mean, to this day, this legislation hasn't passed and there's a good chance that it won't anytime soon. So for him to make that big of a deal out of it, like he was going to lose his zoo to me was just stupid. And then to get played by 
Jeff on top of it. He's just not very smart. But all of them are disgusting human beings, in my opinion, regardless of like Joe got everything he deserved. I don't know if he deserves 22 years, but we'll talk about that later, too. But he got everything he deserved because he put himself in the position to get there. And Doc Carroll and Jeff are just foul human beings that need to also be fed to their tigers, in my opinion. Wanted to, another talking point that I thought was interesting. You guys remember Rick Kirkman, the one that was uh, he came in to do a, a documentary on Joe and his zoo. Do you think that Joe went and burned that footage that he had developed because he was pissed off at Rick for basically owning the rights to how he could portray him and put that show to existence? I don't think it was just about that. I mean, if if you think about it, that Rick guy was filming everything 100% of the time. And I think it was more of a, he was getting ready to be in a legal battle and he needed no proof of all of his wrongdoings. So he absolutely fucking burned that building down. And he did it to protect himself. But I don't think it was to protect himself from Rick. I think it was to protect himself from the investigation that was going on about him. I agree. That was probably the smartest thing that that guy did. <laughs> I mean, at least set the alligators free first, though. That's fair. Poor alligators. Yeah, but what about the footage of the person walking away? That didn't That didn't look like Joe. No, I mean, I don't think Joe personally think hired set the someone. fire. Yeah, like I, a random person. I think he hired someone or he used one of his minions. The other thing was that person was very tall, so it could have easily been the younger of his husbands. Travis? Oh, good point. Travis. That was the first thing I noticed was how tall that person was that was walking away. In my head, I was like, oh, shit, that's Travis. Yeah, he did walk away. Well, and who's to say that that person walking away was the same person that actually lit it on fire? True. Well, I'm assuming they got the footage around the same time the fire was lit. Yeah, but who's to say that that fire didn't start in a different way? I mean, that could have just been somebody walking the grounds of the zoo in the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't think that, but... That seems like kind of a I don't think that either, but it is possible. (laughs) Sure. And it's possible that like a unicorn did it, but like. (laughs) Hey, that motherfucking unicorn's a good goddamn thing. (laughs) Probably got fed to the tigers. (laughs) I think for me, this is where Joe kind of crossed the line, though, because he made a calculated decision to say, hey, this is going to protect myself and probably protect my zoo. But he didn't care that it was at the expense of a couple of alligators or more that had to die brutally because of that. And that's why I just feel like he cared less about the animals and more so about the empire that he, in his head, was perceived to be building. Well, it also wasn't a zoo at that point, right? Wasn't that after Jeff had already taken it over? Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I thought it was before, but good point, maybe. Yeah, I don't remember. So let's talk about Carol then. Dude, that bitch definitely killed her husband. <laughs> Holy shit. I agree, Javier. Oh, but... I couldn't get past the fucking hippie headband oh and my the long gosh. fucking Leopard hair. Leopard print. What's wrong with her? Oh, my God. She's terrible. She's the worst. I hate her so much. She's awful. I Multiple times as we were watching it, I was like, I hate this woman more than anyone else on this show. Well, don't you find it interesting? Okay, so she actually was pretty cute in the 60s. When that millionaire just happened upon her, 
But I mean, you want to talk about, I mean, she's got some sociopathic tendencies for sure, but she absolutely is a psycho. But you're this other woman, you luck into some dude who likes big cats, you then marry him, feed him to the big fucking cats, fuck over his entire previous family, you move money around, you steal the wheel, you change the will, you fuck over the secretary, you disperse all of his money and now you're just sitting pretty and then you want to come out and say i hired a private and guest investigator myself to to see what happened fuck off <laughs> i just go back to the footage of her when they those tv sh- stations were interviewing her when that was happening like a, i don't know if it was a couple weeks or a couple months as that investigation was going on she just looked so normal to me. Like it, she didn't look distraught. Maybe she's putting her face on for the camera, but it just looked too cold and calculated and like, oh, I know how I'm going to respond to this. I know what I'm going to say. It, it just didn't look believable to me when that was happening back then. Well, and she had a bullshit answer for everything. It was always my husband did this or he was always doing. Oh, and the, the journal entries as well, where she set up a lot of the, like he was uh, abusive and, and things like that that she wrote in there where I, I think she crafted some of those stories to make it look like, hey, these this was just a natural cause of what was happening. Ooh, like Gone Girl style? Yeah. yeah. See, a diary's not proof. It's just some woman scorned that's going to take revenge on your ass. Don't fuck with women, man. <laughs> it's true. Well, and I think she's actually really smart. So mm-hmm. her husband, her her third husband, he so the guy you see in the documentary is her third husband, and he actually has an MBA from Harvard and a law degree. So you're smart enough to go marry somebody who knows the law and knows it well. And then he you put him as like some high status in your company and now he can fight whatever is coming your way. I can't respect anyone who would let his wife like put a leash on him for a picture. So Oh my God. Or wear like the <laughs> the leopard print yeah. what Flintstones I outfit. I don't care where he got his degree from. That guy has no self respect. For sure. Can we I I want to talk about the the police force down in Florida who remember and they were talking about the van and then they let the van just sit back on Carol's property for a couple of days before they even did anything with it. I think the police force back then just dropped the ball and they could have found a mountain maybe of evidence to tell further this story that never got told and they just dropped the ball. They just weren't doing their job. I don't think he was in the van. I think she locked her fucking husband in a cage with a bunch of tigers and let him eat away at the fucking gazelle. Yeah. So my wife does have a theory that they that he since he buried like a bunch of gold that he actually ran away to Costa Rica with his Costa Rican girlfriend and just took the money that he had buried all over the place and then tried to frame Carol for his murder. Hmm. That's why he left the money behind. It's an interesting theory. Which is a fun theory, which adds a whole new layer and a whole nother person who's a terrible person to this documentary. But, you know, food for thought. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting concept. And I could definitely see a weirdo like that doing it. But there is absolutely nothing to support that theory. No, but there's not a lot to support the theory of her being, you know, feeding to the tigers. Either. I would say the same thing. But he did say to his his attorney member that he's like, if I pull this off, or no, it was his worker, his like trusted worker. He's like, if I pull this off, it'll be the greatest thing. And then he never finished what he was talking about. 
But I think to Javier's point, yeah, no one. There's just as much a lack of evidence about him feeding his Carol feeding him to the tigers as Javier's Nicole's story and conjecture as well. Thank you for that slap on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Carol did something. I think we, I mean, it seems like we're all in agreement that there's much more to the story than she ever let on. Oh, I definitely still choose to believe that she fed him to a tiger. <laughs> well, and I don't know that they, I mean, I, it's easy to think she fed him to a tiger, but I don't actually think that she did. I think she, I think he's buried on that thousands of acres of property somewhere. Oh, under the septic tank. Yeah, I think you're more likely to see that he's buried somewhere than fed to the cat. She's like, what's even a septic tank? I don't even know. A septic tank. I mean, all you have to do is put some acid into the septic tank and it will eat away at the person and drain the fluids into the earth as long as you poke a hole in the bottom. Wow, yeah. that was fun. Don't ask up. me how I that know was that. So disturbing. <laughs> yeah, you don't live with her. I hate everything about what you just said. I thought I thought the other thing that was interesting, I don't necessarily think this is true, but they talked about the meat grinder that they had and how they should have tested that. And I was like, dude, like that's next level. If she'd not only like cut him to pieces and put him in a meat grinder, I think that's just straight conjecture, but that imagery is like pretty nuts. I was gonna say, like, if anyone is gonna do it, it would be her. <laughs> Well, and if honestly, she's crazy enough that she would pull out and like make him into burgers and feed him to her fucking servants. <laughs> only the only the blue shirts. Yeah, only though. the blue. Shirts. Only the blue. Shirts. Only once she knows their name, right? Because you're yeah. not worth knowing your name until fucking. Oh, fifth dude, year. that intern thing. That oh. was so like. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, if your followers really saw that, like, that would be a massive turnoff to me. She's basically like, screw you. You haven't done anything for me until you're my slave for five years. But um, turn off, meaning that at some point you were turned on by a Carol. Cause that's some next level fucked up shit. Hey, she was cute in the. <laughs> I was, I, yeah, I was turned on to the '60s pictures strictly, or '70s, or whatever that was. You know, he, for, okay. So going back to the fact that I'm a huge tiger lover, like I listening to some of them talk throughout the series about how petting one and holding a you know a cub and all this stuff is very addicting. Like I could see myself if it weren't for the fact that I think having them caged up like that period is so terrible especially in these you know private zoos where it's obvious that the the only reason they're doing it is for profit i could see myself being addicted and i can't sit here and honestly tell you that i wouldn't work for free to be that close to big cats if i didn't have the moral dilemma of having them caged i i really can't i have that much of an infatuation with big cats like if every time I've ever been to a zoo, the first thing I want to do is go to the tiger enclosure and just yeah. sit and hang out. That's what I want to do. Well, and so I, I think can that, see that I think that speaks to Doc Antle, right? So if we move from Carol into Doc, I think you hear about the power, and he has three wives and many more women that he sleeps with. And I don't really give a shit. You do you. You want to fuck whoever you want to fuck. Go at it. As long as it's you know a human person um, and consensual. And consensual, yet yeah, no means no. But I think that speaks to him, right? You have him and you see the wives and you had the girl that worked with him for a while that they were interviewing and talked to all of the, you'll get higher faster if you start sleeping with him, X, Y, Z. But here you have a guy who comes in riding on top of an elephant, has this 
almost like polygamist feeling housing unit on his property where his zoo sits. And you have these people who are out manhandling these lions and they're in the open, which I had, strangely enough, much less problem with his property than I did with the other two, only because you see them out in the open. The tigers are kind of grazing however they want to graze. But he speaks to and the people that are with him speak to how powerful it is to feel when you're next to these big cats and you're handling them and you're working with them. And I can see why it would be addictive, right? And that's just human nature. We want to be top dog. We want to feel powerful. We want to feel godlike, maybe. And I can see where they would get that from it and how that would dictate their negative behavior because they just want to feed that addiction. It would be no different than any other type of addiction, right? It's just morally wrong. Yeah. I related a lot to the guy that they interviewed after he, I think he went to Joe's Maybe it was Doc's. Either way, he comes out and he's like, I've paid him. I've been here three times this month or something. I'll give him however much money I have just to hang out with these cats. Like, I saw that and went, fuck, I could see that being me. So I can relate to that a little. I mean, seeing a cheetah, I never, I haven't been in a cage with a cheetah, but I have a fascination with them and just seeing them run and do what they do. And if you told me, hey, you can go hang out with them and pet them and, and, be as close as you want and such. Yeah, I I think the infatuation could certainly be there. And I think most of the general public would probably relate to that. That's why people went. I mean, I remember, so in Farmington, right? So Farmington, Utah, right? We're from Utah. Hello, if you didn't know that. One of the zoos in an amusement park, their tiger had cubs. So this vet who was assigned to that amusement park, he actually let the public come and pet the cubs. And I remember it was over like a weekend and there was hundreds, if not thousands of people who got their kids in to pet these brand new cubs that came from that amusement park. And it I remember being disgusted even then to say, you have these animals that really could not have to be domesticated and you've just fucked that all up for these for these animals that should be in the wild and i remember seeing pictures from people that i knew of them with the cats and i wanted to punch them in the face well they were they were keeping them and showing them at the yeah. vet where our one of the vets that we took our dog in fact we stopped taking our dogs to that vet shortly after because that's where we were going because of the whole thing but yeah yeah there were people i knew that were took pictures with them and i wanted to go i won't lie i would never have let you i know can we talk about episode five i want to get into joe running for el presidente and then governor yeah absolutely i had no idea that he ran against donald trump <laughs> which honestly my thought was like that's not that much crazier than donald trump right like like they're both kind of like personalities right well, except that Donald Trump at least had some semblance of business acumen where I'm not sure if Joe did. <laughs> That's fair. Like, you know, Donald Trump, you know, was worth like $10 billion when he ran or whatever. So, you know, obviously there's a difference in business acumen. He didn't make condoms to pass out to his constituents. Yeah, yeah but I wouldn't have been surprised if he had. That's probably true, but at least he didn't. <laughs> Are we talking about Doc at this point? No. Or Joe. 
Joe and Trump, we were comparing Joe and Trump, how they're basically the same person. The difference was is Donald could afford to keep have people on his staff that keep him from making condoms with his face on it. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's about the only thing that kept that from happening. So I'm just saying it wasn't that big of a stretch for me, considering who he was running against. Sure. Well, here's the crazy part for me is we're watching this thing. You get to this episode and I'm like, whoa, that took a weird turn. Like I did not see that coming like the Joe for president. And then he loses, obviously, and then immediately says, I can't wait any longer to run again, so I'm going to run for governor. Like, because that's going to work out well, so and well. And let's not forget, there were actually 664 people who were dumb enough to vote for him as governor of Oklahoma. He took third place in the a field of six. The condoms worked. I know. Who doesn't want to fuck somebody with Joe's face on their dick so honestly i do kind of want that underwear line like how do i <laughs> is that still for sale it might be he might be running it from his jail cell is he still getting royalties from that <laughs> i mean he still has that same husband that he was married to at the end dylan passage yeah mm-hmm. they're still married are they really that just surprises yeah. me yep still married going strong a person I thought was really crazy is we we're talking about the president and kind of governor races. The his campaign manager Joshua Dial, the the guy with the glasses, where where you you want to be like it, it just be in his head. You're like, oh, if I do this and then I'll help him run for governor, I'm just gonna go along with it. Then this is gonna look great on my resume. I'm gonna I'm gonna move up or whatever he thought he was gonna do. I'm like, what were you still doing around? Especially yeah. when Travis shot himself in the yes. head and you still stayed. Yes. How, okay, first of all, how does that conversation even happen? You're a manager of a fucking Walmart and you somehow (laughs) jump from being the Walmart guy to running somebody's campaign. Yes. Those are all the questions I have. Can someone please answer them? I don't think anybody can answer them. What? Who the hell is that guy? Where did he come from? And why was he still there? Unbelievable. So did anybody else notice his visible deterioration throughout the uh, the series? So when you first meet him, it's older footage and he's talking about the campaign and, you know, he's, he's a pretty robust guy, he had pretty nice teeth and looked okay. By the end of his, like one of his last few shots, like his teeth had started to rot. He'd lost some weight visibly, like he was losing hair. And I realized some of those things come with age, he got but I'm sitting math. there going, I'll tell you exactly. Yeah, it was meth for the sure. The guy, that's how he stayed. I guarantee just oh, like he did up, with just both like of his else. husbands, he was feeding this guy drugs. He was feeding this guy big cats. And you get addicted to both yeah. and you stay in a very disgusting situation. Because drugs were a big thing. And, and I would argue that they're a big thing in all of this world. Sure. But it mostly talked about it with what Jeff right who's the yeah jeff with the vegas stuff and doing drugs in vegas and then also with i mean it was running rampant through joe's zoo and all of his dealings there yeah the the lack of okay let me rephrase the extraordinary lack of teeth among his staff was a quick dude and the lack of limbs yeah the lack of what lack of limbs (laughs) legs and arms and stuff well, and what would convince somebody to think it's smart to shove their arm in a cage with a tiger in it? She could have kept have her to arm. You have to be fucking high. That part made me so mad. She could have kept her arm. 
Yeah, she just was too lazy to go through the years of physical therapy. So, nope, just cut it off. Yeah, and she was oh, like, no, multiple surgeries. Oh, if, I, if I stay in the hospital, they win. I'm like, are you kidding me? I will let anyone win if I get my hand back. Well, and that's the part that irritated me is it wasn't even laziness. It was the fact that the longer she had to deal with those things, or I guess, let me rephrase, she, her preference is he. So the longer he had to deal with those things, the worse it looked for the zoo. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, it's your fucking arm. Put that shit back on. Yeah. That- hey, I thought she was just going to get like a stake or like a, a a metal rod and just stick it in her arm so she could have that. What, like an orc? What's wrong with yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> I, it's gross that she went back to day, work five days later. Well, and as long as we're on like the president, governor, whatever elections did you guys know that doc Antle ran for president in 2016 as an independent wait the same year yep yeah he got 962 votes nationwide doc Antle, polygamist i don't know i don't owner. think that i mean that's not that impressive I, I think any one of you guys could get 900 votes for something i mean but who the fuck is voting for these people <laughs> that's my point probably all those okies man yeah, you. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say something really mean. Never mind. <laughs> I'm just saying, though, I bet if I lived in Oklahoma and the only thing there was to do there was to get involved in political scandals and pet tigers, like I'd get bored enough to vote for Doc Antle. Well, and also rebuild your house every time a tornado sucks it up right. into the to the atmosphere. It's either that or get addicted to meth. It's the like, we will rebuild people. <laughs> Javier. Don't limit them to just one or the other. <laughs> they get high on meth and do all of those they things. Do all- <laughs> They're good at multitasking. Oh, the exactly. wonder drug that is meth. Oh, God. So uh, let's talk about Travis real quick because I think oh. to me, that's probably the most tragic thing okay. in this entire. I do have a question right off the bat, though. So yeah. did he intentionally kill himself or was yes. Or was he dicking around to being like, look, the gun's not, the, the clip isn't even in. No, he intentionally did it because they even say like he was, he said to somebody he was smoking his last cigarette. He did a line of Coke, right? Or he did a bunch of Coke, smoked his last cigarette, told somebody he smoked his last cigarette, walked into the office, killed himself in front of the campaign manager. Oh, so that was all the same like moment. It was at least in the same timeline. Yeah, because they show the video where he's like, I'm smoking my last cigarette, but he's in the field, like shooting a gun and stuff. So I thought it was like, I'm quitting type of thing, you know? Like, Yeah, but how do you go from a field shooting a gun into the water, into the office and shoot yourself in the head and not mean to? Right. Well, that's why I was confused. I didn't know that that was in the, that was like the same day. So I think here's the, here's the confusion is the show and all of the news as you read about it now that it's hit the the stratosphere with the popularity level it, is that everybody says it was an accident because of the conversation that was happening with Josh so he said he points it at Josh Josh gets pissed to and the other guy you can see in the video he runs away cuz he's pointing the gun at him and he says it's a ruger it won't go off with no clip and there's no clip but there's one in the chamber obviously and then he points it at himself and pulls the trigger and they're saying it was an accident because he was just trying to show Josh that the gun wouldn't fire without a clip, and yet there was one in the chamber and did. 
but there's got to be some thoughts based on the conversations like Casey's saying. I, I fully believe that he meant to kill himself. Maybe not in that moment per se, but he was going to at yeah. some point. I mean, here you have a guy who we're told is straight. He's not gay. He gets into a homosexual relationship with multiple men. He's high on drugs all the time. He's around tigers. And if you want to talk about a slow decline and deterioration, if you watch him and just his attitude from earlier interviews all throughout the series up until the time he kills himself, like you can watch that that's where it's headed. You just know. And I think we as human beings tend to tell ourselves and have to come up with these stories about why something happened or we tell ourselves that it was an accident because that's easier than dealing with the truth that it was done on purpose. And if I heard right, Joe got married two months later. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That is fucked up. Are you kidding? That's not even enough time to mourn, let alone get back into dating, let alone get married. But honestly, at that point, right, he's sleeping with with a bunch of people. They have an open relationship. They brought multiple people in. And I didn't get the sense that. Wait, did they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I I thought that they brought Travis in and that was like. Oh, no, 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 no. So both John and Travis are sleeping with multiple women in the park. And Joe knew about it, even though he denies that he knew about it. And Joe, there was a comment somewhere throughout there where Joe was talking about the fact that he, John and and Travis weren't the only people that he was having relations with. Oh. So who knows how long that relationship was going with that other dude. But I also, like, when you have that many relationships, who's to say that Joe is even capable of feeling that intense love? Because I think he felt like the the bond and the love from the animals and the cats more than he did human beings. I mean, here's Joe is a man who, he, when he was young, he said when he was five, year old, he, five years old, he was raped by a man. and he didn't get along with his family. His relationship with his brother was one that he had that he lost his brother. His brother died. He didn't get along with his sibling, right? His sister, he didn't really have any relationship with. So here you have this very lost soul who, let's not forget, Joe drove his car over a bridge intending to kill himself, broke his legs, broke himself, worked his way back up. can you really feel an intense bond that you would feel in a traditional marriage? And everybody wants to be all up in arms saying, how dare he get married again after two months? But I didn't get a sense that this was a man who could really be alone. I mean, he wasn't okay with himself. He, He did all these things to try to escape from his life. And I think this is kind of a culmination of everything where it's, I don't know how to be alone. Let me just marry this guy who I have some bond with and move on with my life. But I think it it speaks volumes to like how fake Joe is and how like you have to take everything he says with a grain of salt. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, yeah, Joe's. I think that just goes to show I think Joe has right. That's a sociopathic thing. I'm just going to use everybody around me until there's nothing left and move on to the next. Well, and let's talk about the fact that by the time Travis dies, Joe is probably as close as he can be to losing everything before he actually does. So in that moment, 
for him to even pretend to or try to care for something other than himself, which we can see throughout this series that he is that every one of these people are very, very narcissistic. And so at that point, this man's about to lose everything for him to say, oh, I care about Travis. He just needs someone that makes him feel important which is where that other kid comes from. He doesn't even care about the cats at that point. This is the same time or similar time when he gets drug across the pen by one of the cats trying to say it's about someone put cologne or perfume on his shoe. And then he's shooting by the cats. He doesn't shoot the cats, but he's threatening to shoot the cats. And this is so out of character for him by this point when it comes to the cats. He's never going to care enough about a human being to actually mourn them for very long before he has to get back to taking care of himself so do you guys think joe tried to have carol killed no i don't think so no no i I think he was set up yeah i think he talked about it a lot because he has like no idea of there's no filter yeah he's no filter so i'm sure he was like dude i'll totally i'll pay someone to kill this bitch you know i think he said all of that and i think he had conversations about like, oh yeah, how much would you how much would you charge me to kill her? You know, type of thing. But I don't think he ever exchanged money for it. No, I think he's all talk. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Well, and let's think about this from a logical, and I understand that most of these people aren't logical, but most of them aren't complete morons. Joe's as close as it comes, but I don't even think he was stupid enough thinking about the fact that the man had the wherewithal to burn a building so that there was no evidence of all of these wrongdoings as he's walking into a lawsuit, does this man talk so much about killing someone that he's actually going to pay someone to go kill? That's immediate circumstantial evidence that puts you in a light that says you have the capability of doing this. If you were actually going to do it, you wouldn't talk about it that much. Money he doesn't have. I think what he did do wrong. Sorry, go Javier. He's like bankrupt at this point. Yeah. So killing Carol was not going to save him. Well, and I think what he did, all of the shit talking that he did opened himself up to whatever else. But I think that's where Jeff got on the phone, had a conversation with Carol. And before that conversation ever happened, the security dude who Joe supposedly hired to kill Carol initially was saying in the interviews like, yeah, he's all talk. Joe's just flapping his mouth. I never took anything from it. I jokingly said, yeah, I would do it. Yeah, I'll do it it how do you want me to and then the conversation between jeff and carol happened and then all of a sudden it was a plan joe paid him and everything changed but i think joe talking shit opened him up to be framed well and that guy who was supposedly paid to go kill carol was like i guess i chickened out i guess i didn't go i'm like what do you mean you guess Yeah, I guess I went and blew 10 grand on some strippers. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing is there's a recording out there that has Alan saying definitively, Joe never asked me to kill anyone. He never paid me to kill that bitch. It's literally they played the recording on the show, but then he flip flops. And that's all the federal government needed at that point was to say, yeah, but he did actually pay him because and he'll testify to that, which is just a gross representation of our legal system in my opinion i will say he did break laws though right like of course uh the breeding and selling of cubs and tigers like that's all illegal that's why they brought in those in those charges because the trumped up uh pay for murder charge probably wasn't going to stick so they brought in what they could get him on and then they took that to the grand jury and said look this is obviously not a good human being 
let's wrap this up, tie a bow on it, send him to jail and make him our poster child. And to me, that's what they did. But the crazy thing is then they're leaving people out there like Jeff Lowe and that slimy James guy and such. And they, they didn't care. And Alan Glover, the guy that Joe supposedly paid to go kill Carol, they didn't care about that either. They just wanted to get the poster child and all these other people are like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole profile case, right? This is somebody that just ran for president and then followed up with a governor race and actually was out there and took third in a field of five or six while it had never had any chance of winning. He's still a high profile human being in Oklahoma. So to them, that's the one, right? Now they can, someone can slap a political campaign based on the fact that they're the one that put Joe Exotic away for attempted murder or whatever you want to call it well and let's not forget the prestige that carol gets to say here somebody hired somebody to murder me i'm still around and now joe's in jail so i have to wonder what she got out of it well jeff gets a news new you know and i approach every conspiracy theory with the idea and assumption that at least one conspiracy theory in the world is correct so you know this could be the one That is correct, that Carol did kill her husband and that Joe was framed. I just look at Jeff, and this is where Jeff Lowe to me becomes enemy number one, right? The top terrible human being. Because you can, look, it doesn't take a genius to watch the parts of this play out and go, Jeff was very involved in Joe going to jail. It's Jeff's guy. Alan is Jeff's guy. It was Jeff initiated the phone call to Carol. Jeff gets a zoo out of this. If if Joe goes away, there's no fight for this zoo anymore at all. His name's on it. Joe's not there to try to take it back or say anything about it or be involved. It's now his. He can get his new partner in that crazy, the other crazy bastard. And so to me, I just watch that. And then you listen to Jeff talk and he's just, he's giggling about all of it. And just even to the point that now his new partnership's melting down, right? And he's like, it just seems like all my relationships start out really good and then they all fall apart. You're you're a piece of shit. Yeah. (laughs) You're an asshole. You know what I do love? And it's, it was the one place where I got to celebrate in this whole thing is Joe's fuck you to Jeff. When he steals all of the animals in the middle of the night yeah. and takes them to this other preservation where it's their final home. And he took all the expensive ones. He took all the ones that he could. And Jeff comes out in the morning and is like, where the fuck's my animals? That is true. I did celebrate that. Like that was the one true highlight. And I think that came after or it was about the time when the two apes or two monkeys got to go together. And Joe could kind of finally get back to the animals and he was out of the Carol shit and he was away from it. And you actually saw the regret come through where you saw the the series come back to these animals really all are being treated poorly in these types of private zoos was they they harped on that soundbite from joe when he's in prison he's like you want to know i don't know exactly how he says it but he said it a couple times you want to know why animals die in cages yes that because they lose their soul like their will to live their soul dies and he he had that dose of karma and i'm sure he's probably thought that on that time and time again about what he had done throughout the years with those big cats 
which is good. I, I really do hope that he's recognized that. And I do, he does say some things that make you think, you know, he does have that. And he was ready to walk away from the zoo world. After he'd sold all the cats and gotten the animals out, he was saying, I'm not going to be part of this world anymore um, before he got arrested. So I, I could definitely see where that lesson might've come through for him, which is a good thing. I do like the way he went down that. He's like, well, if I'm, if I'm sinking to the bottom of the ocean, I'm dragging every last one of you with me. He's like, you know what? Yeah. If I'm going down, you motherfuckers yeah. are coming with me. <laughs> I was wondering why he didn't use that like as leverage though, in his case. Couldn't he have struck some deal and been like, yeah, I'll give you information on, you know, Doc and, you know, a hundred other people. But is he credible at that point? Well, it's, it has nothing to do with either of those things. He thought he could win. Like you can hear his, in jail, there were com- conversations with his new husband where he was talking about the fact that I think I'm okay. I think I'm going to win. So there was no need for him to try to negotiate a deal because he, in his mind, thought he was going to win. I think if if a good lawyer had said to him, you know, you're going to lose, then maybe he could have That's done true, that. That's true, because he had but... a public defender, right? Like, yeah. I mean, he lost before it even started with a public defender. <laughs> he was never going to win. No. no. There were way too many pieces of the puzzle against him for him to even come close to winning. And he couldn't afford anything but a public defender. He also wasn't smart enough to be able to see what was coming and see the writing on the wall. So he didn't make sure that there were things in place to protect him. Yeah, I mean, he was going to lose uh, so for sure on the, the animal charges for killing those animals and transporting animals across state lines. I mean, something was going to happen to him at a minimum. Do you think anything can happen to those people who illegally bought the animals? Like, was anybody else looking at the map going, oh my God, there's a star in my state. Yeah. I know what <laughs> fucking zoo that is. I'm disgusted. <laughs> Yeah, because you know, like, Hogel Zoo got one, right? Oh, for sure. I looked at that star, and I'm like, oh, why did Utah have to do it? Well, it was either Hogel or, or Lagoon. Uh, Lagoon. Lagoon, yeah. Well, th- one of the two. I think that's just the dirty fact of that's how a lot of these zoos run, and that's how it's been done for forever. So unless the federal government wants to step up and actually pass this act, which wouldn't be a lot of skin off anyone's back, they just need to do it. That's really what Well, and it's not even necessarily with just big cats. If you like series like this, like if you watched, what is it called? The... It's the one about the dolphins in the cove. It speaks to this with animals. So if you if you're an animal person, this series was easier to watch for me than watching the two hour documentary on the cove. But it, it if you haven't seen the cove, it's it's, it's mind blowing. But same thing, right? You take these dolphins or you take these these cubs, you sell off the ones that you can, and then you're kind of left with the rest of it figuring out what to do. And we don't always, as human beings, make the right decisions or make good decisions for the planet or for, you know, these these species. But how easy is it to transport and to sell these animals that, in my opinion, opinion, we really have no right to do? We have no right to take these animals into captivity, to breed them, to sell them off to the highest bidder and get away with scot-free. I mean, it's just a disgusting practice across the board. And they kind of mentioned in the documentary that it wasn't just zoos that were buying. It was like it was like private people who thought, oh, it'd be sweet to have a tiger. And then this tiger gets to be 500 pounds. And they're like, oh, never mind. Like, can you come pick up this tiger? 
And well, and it's like that drug dealer out of Florida, right? Was it Florida that they interviewed that drug dealer that had murdered oh, yeah. whatever, and he had all of these big cats or he, or oh, animals yeah. just in general? I'm not gonna lie, his facility looked better than the rest. Yeah, it looks of pretty them. nice. <laughs> yeah, and but, he actually looked like he treated his animals well. Yeah, well, and he didn't have too many. Yeah, we should give all these to drug dealers. They've got the money. Yeah, that's, he guys. was the guy that they said they based Scarface off of. Yeah, they used to say, like, we're watching the video of the movie, and he's like, I did that, but not in bags with the fat guy in front. Right. <laughs> because I walked in there myself. I didn't send some idiot to do it <laughs> yeah. for me. I really liked that guy, to be honest. I did, too. Yeah. But Who I like the fact that he didn't let anybody on the property. Like, these were his... So look, I don't think that anybody should be able to own these privately. I really don't. I, I think it's bad news. That's how shows like When Animals Attack get made. It's not okay because it's not okay for these cats. But his, like he wasn't doing it as a zoo. These are his private pets for lack of a better word. Yeah. And you could tell when you when they went in there that he let them in and, you know, they I'm sure they showed it in the best light, but it did seem like the most animal friendly facility. Well, of and all the of only them. reason that the documentary people got in was because, was it Doc that made a call yeah. or was it Joe? I think it was so Doc. they they you know hooked up with whoever who said oh yeah i can get you in there because they tried on their own and they wouldn't let them in so i appreciate the fact that it's like nope these are my pets these are my animals i care for them i work hard to keep this home they're part of my family go fuck yourself you're not going to see them well because carol was trying to get in and obviously why would he let her in she's just gonna screw up his world oh yeah and i love that he nonchalantly talks about the fact that they cut this body up in a in a <laughs> bathtub and he's like yeah i did that i didn't do that part i didn't actually kill him but i did dismember a human body yeah dude that that guy's scary <laughs> yeah can we also talk about the the so matson you had it written down the federal investigation so i was really it was a small part of this but i was really disgusted by the da that they had on there a couple of times and she kept talking about it to me it's just a gross representation of our legal system so joe is the easiest one for them to get provide enough evidence to get a conviction on and then they're done right they've done their part they've gotten it this is how we have all these documentaries on netflix about people getting wrongfully accused because they don't give a shit about the facts most of the time i'm not saying that they all do i do not want to sit here and you know, throw shade at our entire legal system and cops and lawyers. I don't think they're all bad. But when you see this type of thing where they go, I'm not going to dig any deeper. I'm going to throw 17 counts of animal cruelty, which this man should be in jail for. I agree. In order to get and make the what's probably a false charge of murder for hire, in order to get that to stick, I'm going to do all these things. When just watching the snippets of what we saw, all of us in pretty much the entire country can say, Joe did not try to have this woman murdered. He just talked a bunch of moronic shit about killing her. And the people that actually have done crimes involving people getting killed and probably worse or at least involved, nothing's happening to them because the government said, well, we got Joe, so that's all that matters. Well, and didn't Joe get accused because they found the animal skeletons when they were digging up the yard? Isn't that how they got to the 14 counts of animal cruelty? Yeah. So what about the animals they found at Doc, right? What about the baby skeletons that Doc supposedly is doing? So 
all you needed was one hit on a spike and we're all supposed to be okay with that? Because I'm not okay with that. I mean, they did raid his facility, but nobody knows what happened. They haven't talked about what happened. Yeah, were you supposed to be applauding the legal system here for what they did? They did literally the bare minimum. Yeah. 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 I was just saying crazy show. I mean, when you when I first started watching the first couple episodes, when it had that pivot to everything with Carol and then him running for uh, Joe running for president and then this whole like murder for hire thing, like you couldn't have told me in the first two episodes any of that was going to happen. I just thought it was going to be a crazy Joe exotic getting in trouble, having big cats and making some stupid decisions, maybe with drugs. And then it was just so much more. You know what I was really surprised by? was Carol's followers in the very beginning and I know I'm I know I'm going out of order here but when she first started her attack on Joe and she would have people follow Joe around when he was going to the malls and doing his demonstrations and his magic tricks or whatever and so she gets people following him she gets Peta on his ass to start shutting him down the power that that woman has to be able to make such a problem for Joe was astounding to me. Just money is what she had. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even money. She would just follow him around and have other people follow him around and write letters to these malls to say, you should not allow him to come. And he lost out on $20,000 or $10,000 every mall visit. Like, who has that kind of following? I'm speaking to a cult here. <laughs> But who has that kind of following to get that many people to go shut one fucking guy down when you're doing the exact same fucking thing? I did like that Joe basically stole their logo. That was <laughs> I thought hilarious. That was, I thought that was awesome. He's like just tricking them to thinking it's it's Big Cat Rescue. I was like, kudos to you, Joe. You Dude, do, you, I, you do you. I loved how many like just FUs he had. Like when she won a settlement and he had to pay her almost a million dollars so he just started blowing shit up he's like yeah come get it <laughs> yeah i loved his antics his anti-carol antics like i could respect him for that like just going balls deep in what he wanted to do oh he was pot committed yeah so. they're all fucking nuts yeah they're all crazy. everybody in this show's crazy is freaking oh god they're nuts which is why it's so entertaining yeah you just can't look away and you have like you want a binge worthy show, you are gonna watch this every episode until you get through it, and then you're still gonna want more. Yeah, I watch yeah. this in two nights. It's like seven hours. Yeah, we did the same thing. Yeah. It was awesome. I want to see the footage that got burned. Can you imagine all the yeah. shit that happened with that internet show that never got showed and burned up in that fire? Oh, I want that so much. All right. Anybody want to add anything else about the Tiger King? It's not really about, to me personally, the title is somewhat misleading. I mean, it's he self-imposed title from him, but it's just so much more beyond that. So uh, obviously, hopefully we put a spoiler alert on this review so people know that, but go watch it and then just listen and, and go along with the ride. I'm happy to have done so myself. Well, what was the the full title is Tiger King Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. Oh, that's better. And I think the title speaks to that's what you're going to get. I mean, it delivers. I Well, everyone, when I first heard it referenced, it was just, did you have you seen Tiger King? No one else follows up with that. So to your point, Casey, I think you're exactly correct there. I just, I always forget that there's more to that title. Me too. 
That's, I was writing my intro and I was like, oh yeah, there's all this subtitle shit. It's pretty like making a murderer-esque where, you know, you're not exactly on Joe Exotic's side, but you're like, you're not quite ready to see him get crucified like he has been. I don't know. I felt very conflicted this whole time, like watching the whole thing, because I'm like, yeah, like he should serve some jail time or like some sort of fine or something. He should be punished somehow. But also like 22 years seems extreme. And I don't think enough people got punished. Like, And that's my problem. The dude who supposedly accepted money to go murder someone is just doing his thing. Well, that's all you got to do is offer to testify against the person they really want to put in jail. And you, you can get immunity deals. That's just that's crazy. The last thing that I want to say that we haven't touched on this whole time when it comes to Joe Exotic, and this will be my my parting thoughts, is if you want to remember Joe while he's in jail, just go watch some of his music videos. Just remember him. Or just listen to Cardi B, because Cardi B apparently is supporting Joe and has talked about doing a GoFundMe page to get him out of jail. Kim Kardashian is trying as well. Yeah. Do they know that that's not how... You- you get someone out of jail. Like, Kim got somebody else out of jail say, that Kim's way. Kim's gotten two or three people out of jail that way. Oh, she really? just went and had to talk to Trump. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah he pardoned them. What was the? What's the? It was the guy. So there was this guy. There's another one. This is another documentary that's very interesting. I don't like documentaries, but Casey makes me watch a few here and there. And the one about the guy that he's military and he gets put away for murder, basically in Afghanistan. It's, it's an, on stars. It's Is that where it is? Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's on it's not actually Netflix. It's on one of the premium channels. But it's uh she What's got the name of the prison pardoned. that they put Leavenworth. Leavenworth, that's what the show's yeah, it's called. It's called Leavenworth, that's right. Yeah, she got him out. Yeah. And another woman that was in there for a really long time that was in there for murder. She had a lifetime sentence and she got her pardon. That was her first one. Yeah. Well, I mean, Trump is a sucker for porn stars. Fair enough. that's all you got to do is suck some dick to get famous yeah kim kardashian's right there (laughs) we just really (laughs) left on that (laughs) i love it all right so i would say personally go watch this if for nothing else than just pure entertainment value oh go watch it for sure is that your rating are we rating we should rate i suppose Matson, what do you rate this oh, entire man. series? How do you rate this? What's those? the scale? One through five with halves. Which one's best? Five. five? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a very, very solid four. Uh, my reasoning is episodes one through five are just absolutely captivating to me. Uh, but I did feel like, in my personal opinion, a little bit of steam was lost in the, the last couple episodes where it was a little bit of a slow burn towards the end where I think they could have wrapped it up a little bit quicker. But it's a, a solid, solid four that just had me at the edge of my seat for the first couple episodes. And would I watch it again? I definitely, I, I mean, I want, I, it's definitely, it's something that has caused me to investigate what's happening with Carol, what's happening with Joe at this point, any news on Doc. Uh, so I think in that regard, it's caused me to go above and beyond just watching something, but I've investigated further. So for that, I would say I'd probably, I am kind of watching it again. Javier. Oh, I, oh, I don't know. How to rate this? I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna jump on that bandwagon and give it a four. It was really entertaining. I'm probably going to take back what I said earlier about how I'd watch it again. It's it's seven episodes and they're each like an hour long, so it is hella long. So I probably won't watch it again just for that. But if it was shorter, would totally watch it again. It's amazing. And fuck Carol, that stupid bitch. <laughs> fuck Carol. I love. It. I. 
I'm with that. I'll give it a four. I would watch parts of it again. Yes. Like, I think if someone were to cut together the greatest hits on YouTube, 100% would be on my playlist. I'm pretty sure they've already done that. It's possible. (laughs) I'll have to look. I'm usually too busy editing to look at YouTube. Like, will will I go watch a Joe Exotic music video again? Probably, because that just sounds comical. That's crazy. Did you actually watch the one that he wrote for Carol? Yes. They did for Carol? Yep. Hear Kitty Kitty or whatever? So fucked up. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, I'll give it a four because it is entertaining. There were parts that I was a little slow, but I don't love. So for me to rate a documentary that high is insane because I don't love them. I find them usually pretty boring for the most part, but... This one was far from boring from pretty much start to finish for me. Casey? I would probably do... It's going to sound weird. I would probably do a four and a half only because I think it's important to have some visibility about the danger and to to showcase what's going on in the world and to see the absolute disgusting part of human nature. And maybe that will start to push for some change. So I think it's important for people to watch it. It is entertaining, and I think that the fact that it's captivating, but you're also still learning and you're also still forming an opinion, right? One way or the other, we feel really passionate about something in this documentary, and I think that will bring in viewers, and it will keep viewers, and it will keep the conversation going, and I think for big cats and you know just animal rights in general i think that this is a really entertaining and good step forward to showing some visibility and getting some change in the world well that's a great point f carol yeah i'm so glad we invited you to this podcast such a good point because we probably would have been talking about joe exotics like threesome marriage the whole time without you i mean i love animals more than people so (laughs) i feel pretty passionately about the animal piece Adopt responsibly. Exactly. Well, and I think that's, I get pretty passionate about that too, but I always get lost up in the entertainment value of this show. So I, I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I feel the same way. I feel like there was a great message to it beyond just the entertainment, but it was so entertaining that it's easy to lose sight of that. So I implore people to listen to Casey and don't lose sight of the, the important part of this as well, just beyond the entertainment. What a fun episode. So Javier, what? where can they find us? Right here. Right here, right now? You yeah. forgot about your job, Javier. My job? Where else? Oh, 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 oh. Right, 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 yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Leave um, it to the guest host to get you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. You can find us on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere else where you can find great, amazing podcasts. Uh, you can also reach us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. What's our verdict? Um, and you can email us at host at what's our verdict.com. You can also go listen to our sister podcast. What's our verdict TV. Perfect. Don't forget. We did just change our Instagram everyone. So it is what's our verdict podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are both what's our verdict. So go check us out. Send us an email. We'd love some requests, especially in this time of isolation and, you know, watching everything at digital means please let us know if there's some netflix things some other things you want us to watch we'd be happy to oblige and and talk about them on the podcast so we really appreciate it thanks for listening that's the verdict and we'll catch you on the next one bye bye now bye bye